Join Scotty and Hans Tuesday from noon to 3 at My Hearing Center in Sandy, 8941 South, 700 East, Suite 204. Asking you what you think of the Jazz here at the All-Star break. Two-thirds of the season down, one-third to go. Jazz are 36-18. and 18. They're in fourth place. Two games in front of the fifth-place Rockets. Game and a half out of second place. Game behind the Clippers, game and a half behind the Nuggets. See, I don't think that Conley is going to detract. I think this team will go as far as Mitchell takes them. I think it's his team offensively. Because ultimately they're going to be big buckets made and he's the one who's going to have the ball at the end of close games. Because it does seem like, and it's kind of just the way the team is built, that there are a lot of possessions going to a lot of different guys. But he's going he to have the He is the star ball. player, but he will get it at the end of And he could determine I give it to player ABC. Right. You know, but, when you get a situation like Bogdanovich and it's only one and a half seconds, you throw it to the open guy. Right. And so if Mitchell would have been open, he would have gotten, gotten the ball. ball. He yeah. came around the screen first. Right. If he'd have been open, Joe would have thrown it to him. But and that those are isolated circumstances. But in the flow of the game But you're talking about the final five minutes of close games. I want the ball with Mitchell and I was listening to what Quinn Snyder was saying and I would advise folks to go and listen to that. We played it this morning so you can download it yourself. Because he's talking about how he spoke to Donovan yesterday about attacking the basket and what does attacking the basket mean it doesn't necessarily always mean and this is literally what Quinn Snyder was saying putting your head down and go but the more downhill so to speak that Mitchell can get the better he is he needs to be the most aggressive player be even the most aggressive he's ever been and not just settling for perimeter attack he needs to be in a you can't be in attack mode for every minute you'd burn yourself out well, that's why it's good that there are other people who can initiate yeah. the offense yeah. and Conley can carry the load and Joe Ingles can carry the load and Clarkson comes off the bench and he can carry the load right but I think Mitchell is the best offensive weapon top to bottom A to Z that they have because he can do the most and when he can get that head of steam going to the bucket, he's a strong enough kid that you're not going to knock him off course. And he's got a bunch of athleticism, and now he's got moves, too. He can spin and still. It amazes me how these guys can go at full speed and do a spin, and then when they get in the shooting position to actually release the ball, everything's always the same. And you're under control, and you're releasing it softly in the lane, whatever it might be, even though you just went 100 miles an hour to get to that spot and to be in that position to put that shot up. It's very impressive. So I think that the success success of this team largely will rise and fall on Mitchell. And that's the way I want it. Because if this team is ever going to get there where we all want them to be, it's going to be through him. He's 23 years old. He's the face of this franchise offensively. He's the one we know is going to be here in two, three, four years from now. He's the one who's going to improve. The other guys, I mean, how much more can Joe improve? How much more can Conley improve and Bogdanovich improve? Mitchell, I think, can still improve at 23. Because he's still, the. Of speaking of this team being veterans, he's still the young pup of the veterans. How you feeling at midseason? Jeff says, I'm feeling content. Keep it up. Content? Content. Hmm. Seems a little too passive, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's where you wonder what Quinn would say in a really honest moment with no microphones around. Because he always tells guys, well, keep you getting know. better. Okay, you, gonna, you and Dean going to go have lunch with him during the break? I'm more of a, a Sunday brunch guy with, with Coach. Dean did call in during the break. Some scrambled eggs? Brunch, you know, you can go either way. In my mind, that's the pinnacle of brunch. Scrambled eggs. Just late breakfast If then? there's a brunch and yeah, there's no scrambled say. eggs, I feel like I didn't get the real deal. No, I, I like some other stuff. I don't have to have just the scrambled eggs. Well, yeah, scrambled eggs has to be included because it's uh, it's brunch. The, the BR dictates that you have eggs <laughs> in the brunch. Without the, without the BR, you may not have it. Once you introduce the BR, then you have to have scrambled eggs. I agree. I have to have some form of egg. Dwayne's tweeting at us, I'm pleasantly surprised. Okay. Really? You didn't think they improved themselves in the offseason? You didn't think Donovan was going to get better? I've been talking 55 wins forever, and that seems exactly what they're on target you for. you got the basketball mind. I mean, very few of us have it. But I shared it with you, so you should have known. You could have taken notes. You could have learned. Okay, but I did, but I don't know about Rodrigo. Dwayne. Oh. Let's go to Bill. Bill, good morning. Good morning, guys. This is Bill in Pittsburgh. I called last week yeah, after Bill. that five-game losing streak. We remember. Ready to jump off a bridge. Feeling I told you a not lot to. Better now. Yeah. He, he told you to walk yeah. across the bridge to a Pirates game. Of course, yeah. it's February, well, so you aren't able starts. to do that. But yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a long-term. Which plan. I yeah. did a couple summers ago. Cool. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good walk. Oh, and PK, I looked it up. I thought I'd have good news. Permani Brothers used to ship out. Sandwich kits so you could make them, uh-huh. but I looked it up and they don't do that anymore. Oh, do that. well, I'm just going to have to get back to the Berg one of these times. Yeah, but I, I'm feeling a lot better. I mean, with the whole Connolly and Clarkson, I think they're kind of similar because they both get to the basket, but they have totally different games. So I think they kind of complement each other whenever Clarkson comes in for Connolly. All right, I can buy that. And the thing that I would say, Bill, and thanks for the call, is you're dealing with a veteran to the highest degree in Conley. And I just don't see where he's going to come in and start screwing this up. I got to get mine. I'm all that. I'm a starter. I just don't see it. So if you divide the season into thirds, I guess we might as well do that since we're sitting here two-thirds of the way. So the middle third of the season was just completed. looked way better than the first third. Conley looked way better in the middle third than he did in the first third. Agree again. And under the theory that the coach who talks incessantly about continuing to improve, continuing to improve, continuing to improve, is there going to be more improvement? Because Conley ought to be a little behind the curve because he had to sit so many games. So assuming he's healthy going forward, there should be more improvement. It should look even better. Or you think they've maxed it out. You're hedging now. Well, I don't know if I'm, you're going to call me out. I knew when I threw this out, I'm like, is PK going to bat this down? Is he going to agree? I'm trying to figure out Mike's mindset. And because we've already had two-thirds of the season elapse, and they're a decent ball club for sure, to what level of decent, you know, border, they're good, are they very good, are they great? They have opportunities right. to accomplish all those things. Uh, That's I, probably a topic for another day, but I would say very good. Okay. I don't see that he's going to come in now and just start disrupting things. 
So I think he's going to add to the equation. And it may not be adding to the level that we thought or they anticipated for reasons where it's just not happening for them. Secondly, they've got Clarkson, so they don't need it as much. It's all about winning. And I think right now he sees the pitcher, man. He's been able to watch everything from a front row, and he's seen how well they play, and I don't think he wants to be a scapegoat. He doesn't want to screw it up. He wants to add to it. So he may not add the 18 and 8 or whatever we thought he was going to add when he was acquired, but he's still going to add to it. His contribution may be more of the George Niang type of contribution, Although he's an Escalade with the kind of dough he's making. <laughs> We're moving out of minivan territory. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Ferrari or something, you know. You're making that kind of cabbage. You're, you're driving he's, upscale uh, automobiles. By the way, he's underrated funny. He was giving it to Donovan Mitchell in the locker Who? room last night while we were waiting at Niang. And it was like Joe Ingles wasn't out in the locker room at that point. And I know the difference in their voices, so I didn't think. But I was really thinking, he is channeling Joe right now. It was hilarious. Well, Joe had him on that one time, remember? And yep. they were going back and yeah, forth yeah. at each other. He yeah, brought him on. He's got so a good sense of humor. Of yeah, he, he was doing voices, and he was doing yeah. the whole, oh, I can't wait to get there and really soak in my whole first All-Star Game experience. <laughs> and a couple other guys were out there, and they were looking at Donovan and laughing. And Donovan was like trying to keep a straight face, but he wasn't. Why shouldn't he, funny. man? He's in his 20s. He's yeah. playing ball. Right. And we're on a winning team. I mean, if this isn't the greatest time of your life to date, <laughs> yeah, right, right. what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> if you're not finding, if you're not happy now. Yeah. And you don't do that. After lo- losses, yeah. you do it after wins, yeah. and so you have fun with it. Yeah, don't turn into Sean Marion. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. Sean yeah. Marion down in Phoenix, complaining, living in Phoenix, making seventeen million, playing with Steve Nash. That was the wrong time to complain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on, he should be these having the, the good time old of days. his life. Yeah, these are the good old days. And uh, so you might end up with Conley's contribution being more along the lines of a Niang than the Mike Conley in Memphis. But as long as they're winning, who, who cares? cares? Yes, that's the whole point. That's why I see him maybe not in the higher level role that we envisioned. But if they're winning and he's contributing, that's great. Yeah, great, man. Fine. This is what you want. You want a shot to get to the Western Conference Final. That should be and remains a legitimate goal. And now that we're past the five-game losing streak and back on the streak of winning – you're back there again. That is the legitimate goal. The Western Conference Final is the legitimate goal. And Mike Conley can help them achieve that. And he knows it. Well, go back and watch the Houston game. Because it ends you know, with a game-winning shot, so that'll make you happy. And see how well he seemed to fit in the offense that day. And I know that's just one regular season game. But the way the ball moved, the way he picked his spots, I think that's the kind of stuff they envisioned when they got Well, him. you could obviously and, say and, they don't win the game without his contribution. Right. And I think that, to your point, and maybe he won't have these 18-8 and eight numbers because the ball isn't going to be in his hands because he's got multiple people who play that role. And yet, that day, he was 20 points and five boards and six assists. And since the days of Jerry Sloan, they've been looking for guards who can rebound, and that's not something we talk, typically talk about with Conley. <laughs> I think the days but, of Tom Nasolke. But I don't know about that. I don't go back that far. <laughs> well, everybody <laughs> but, wants it. But I don't know who coached before Tom. That's why I couldn't go. You could go if for I, back. I don't know who the New Orleans coach was. If I had known, I would have said his name. Said Bredikoff. I don't know. I don't know. I have Look no it idea. up, Yak. Let us know. I have no I'd idea. I do it, but the, the keys have... would click, and I banned myself from that. No, you can do it. You just don't do it during phone interviews. 
I can do it while you're talking? I don't think people want to hear it clicking while you're talking. You're Patrick Kinahan. We need full focus. True. <laughs> but I think the point is that you always want that if you can get it. I, I, I believe My instincts tell me that Conley is going to be a plus, not a minus. And I just think over the last five to ten games, set aside everything else you've seen, and I just think they've looked better. And we still have another 28 regular season games to go to kind of fine-tune this before the stakes really get high. But he sure, was, yeah. You know, he's got a four-game stretch here. He's averaging 20 points, five rebounds, five assists. <laughs> and in that stretch, they beat, come out they of the All-Star break shooting 25 <laughs> times, man. I'm Mike Conley. All right, so coaches in New Orleans for the Utah Jazz. Scotty Robertson. What? Coaches in New Orleans for the Utah Jazz. Sorry. My bad. Scotty Robertson, Elgin Baylor. Elgin Baylor, huh? Butch Van Bredekoff. Yeah, I thought you got I'd it seen right. his name. And then was. Elgin Baylor once again. Oh, okay. I would have been the, here So Elgin was years. the GM and was the interim coach twice when he whacked it, coaches. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have known Elgin Baylor. I wouldn't have known that either. At all zero knowledge that he actually even worked. I remember him. I talked to him when, I, when he was with the Clippers. Yeah, and obviously we know he was a phenomenal player back yeah. in his time with the Lakers. All the old timers rave about him. Coached a total of two hundred and twenty-one games. Oh, I wouldn't have had oh. any idea. Oh, I didn't know he from seventy-six to seventy-nine before yeah. they came to the Jazz. He two hundred and twenty in a row. So when they came, he did not come with them. No, Tom Masalki was the head coach when they moved to Utah. Right. Right, I knew that. That's why, and obviously we've all worked with him right. over the years. Uh, hey, so, guy. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. guy. You want hey a guy. Sunday? Yeah. They had, one time back in the old K-Fan, they called me, to, they used to call me to sub a lot, as you know, and I forget what it was, but it was basically Jazz uh, pregame, and there it was me and him sitting down on the second row, and he looked at me, you got this? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Why not? (laughs) Because obviously I wanted to do radio desperately. I've spoken to that many times. I thought, well, this is my chance. You better believe I got this. (laughs) I'm ready. And there I was sitting on the second row. They don't even have us down there anymore. And I was leading the jazz. uh, Jazz pre-half and post? It it didn't go into half and post. But it was, uh, it, we were sitting down there. Doing pregame? Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I did it. I mean, <laughs> this is my shot. Yeah. And then I can remember the same thing over at the, this is how old it is. Marshall Mathers, pre-Marshall Mathers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. You got one shot. <laughs> this was, and we did it at the old Ports of Call. Which oh, really? Yeah. Ah, Which is, doesn't even exist anymore. It's now right. steps. Yeah. Just a right. chunk of concrete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it, and, and whoever was supposed to do it was not there, so I don't remember who's the you boss. You got this? Yeah. So <laughs> That's Tom funny. wasn't going to take the lead. He was going to do what he does, and I stepped in. Yeah, I got it, Tom. We're ready to go. I didn't have it, but I bluffed it. Fake <laughs> it till you make it. <laughs> I wanted it, so I said, yeah, yeah, I got this. Let's go. We were good, and those those were you great were, times. You were plain or peanut right there. You got one shot. Well, I wanted it. I wanted it bad. Not I changed vacations when guys would say, hey, we need you next week. I literally changed vacations. I ended a vacation to yeah. get on TV the first time. To do whatever it took <laughs> can you fill to in? make myself available. I'm in Chicago, but I can fly back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Change that plane. We ticket. had a beach trip to California one summer, and I think Rickard said, I need you this next week. Can you do it? I told my wife, we got to change it. 
We yeah, had James, Tri- we had Trevor Riley drive back from Washington to do a show with us. Yeah, two summers ago. I mean, I think that's what it takes if you want it. If you, you want to get your foot in the door, gotta gotta go do it. Do it any way you can. DJ and PK coming up. Andy Bailey covers the NBA and the Utah Jazz for Bleacher Report and Forbes.com. He joins us next. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz beat the Miami Heat 116 to 101. The Jazz, 47 points in the first half. They are up for 69 points in the second half, pull away and win by 15. They take a four-game win streak into the All-Star break. Donovan Mitchell led the way with 26 points. Jazz will be off until a week from Friday. Big game of the West. First place Lakers beat the second place Nuggets in overtime in Denver, 120-116. LeBron James with a triple-double. Mavericks beat the Kings. Luka Doncic returns with 33 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, 130-111 the final there. Damian Lillard, groin injury. He will not play in the All-Star game, he says. The Blazers lose to the Grizzlies, 111-104. Raptors' 15-game win streak is over. Toronto falls to the Nets, 101-91. Utes are at Oregon State, 7 o'clock on the Pac-12 Network. BYU is at LMU, 9 o'clock on ESPNU. Top of the wire brought to you by Zero Res. Zero Res leaves no dirt, attracting residues behind, so your carpets stay cleaner longer. Schedule your cleaning today for just $33 per room. Minimum supply. Check them out online at ZeroResSaltLake.com or call them at 801-288-9376. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Eric Weddle. You know, after I got released from Baltimore, when I signed that deal, I was fully intended on playing four years and retire. That was my mindset going into it. And then I got released, and then I was, you know, bummed. And then you kind of know you could still play. The desire and the and the fire is still in it. So then that led me to L.A. And it was a blast. I gave it my all. I had fun. And when you do it for a long time and you leave nothing to rest, you live with no regrets, then it's easy to walk away. And, I, and I'm walking away on my time, my terms, and happy and excited to uh, be at home and be with the kids, be with Chanel, and give her a break for once. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, time to talk NBA Jazz basketball with Andy Bailey. Here at the All-Star break, he joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Andy, good morning. Morning. How are you guys? We are good. We are good. Two-thirds of the NBA season in the books, one-third to go. What surprises you most? You cover the league for Forbes.com and for Bleacher Report, so you see a lot of basketball. You had a lot of expectations. What, what's throwing you the curveball? Wow, biggest surprise. Um, I think you know the first one that pops into my head is the team that Utah just played last night, I think is a lot better than I thought they would be. Uh, the Miami Heat, I, the Toronto Raptors. Now that I think about it, I, I, I'm, I'm going to probably amend that and go with the Raptors. Um, losing Kawhi Leonard and, and just sort of plugging along the way they have, I'm pretty sure their record is better at this point in this season than it was last year. Um, they went on a 14 or 15 game winning streak. Uh, Indiana for a while before they you know, had the recent losing streak that they went on, they were a bit of a surprise. I think Dallas is a little bit better than people realized. Um, there, there are a few surprise teams here and there, and, and I think it's been good for the league because we came into this season thinking there's going to be six, seven, eight teams. Um, they're going to be legitimate title contenders, and that's 
proven to be true. And, and maybe even a couple more that we didn't realize. Like, you know, I, I wouldn't be stunned if Miami wound up in the finals or Toronto. And um, so it's just it's been good for the watchability of the league, I think. Does this Jazz team have enough to get to the Western Conference final? I think they do. Um, they've, they've been kind of a yo-yo team this season. They started off a little bit slow, and then, of course, they had the five-game losing streak here recently. But when they are, when everything's clicking for them, they look about as good as any team, save maybe the, the Bucks, um, that I've seen in the league this season. I know they're, you know, six games behind the Lakers in the loss column, and um, so that's certainly significant. But I, I don't hate that matchup in the playoffs. Um, you know, LeBron's going to do what he will do, but I, I think they have someone who's about as well-equipped as anyone to guard Anthony Davis in, in Rudy Gobert, and they could probably use a few more big bodies to throw at LeBron like they had Jay Crowder um, last season, but that that's something that you can say about any team. Like, nobody's going to stop LeBron. You just have to have a couple guys who can slow him down for a few minutes here and there. Um, I, I honestly believe there's five maybe six teams in the West. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with five that could make the NBA Finals, and I would put Utah absolutely in that group that could get to the Conference Finals and could get to the Finals. How much does Jordan Clarkson surprise you? How much is this a hot streak, and how much is this the real him? There's three questions, or answer them in any yeah. way you'd like. Man, um, speaking of surprises, that's one that I probably could have thrown out in answer to your first question. I, I liked the trade. When it happened, I, I thought that's not a lot to give up. Um, Dante Exum had already fallen out of favor with Quinn Snyder a few years ago. He wasn't playing. Two second-round picks, those are complete wild cards. You never know what you're going to get from that. Um, so I just thought, well, this is a guy that's going to provide a little bit of a spark off the bench. And that turned out to be just a, a drastic um, a drastic underestimate of, of what he would eventually provide. I. I think maybe a little bit of it, a little bit of it is a hot streak, um, but he's not playing too much differently than he did in Cleveland, which makes me think maybe there's some sustainability here. Um, his true shooting percentage in Utah is 59.4. It was 58.1 in Cleveland in in more minutes in Cleveland too. Um, his offensive box plus minus, which is just sort of a catch-all number that takes a player's offensive contributions and puts them into one stat, it was slightly better in Cleveland than it is in Utah. Um, certainly this season as a whole, the Cleveland and Utah numbers combined looks like an outlier compared to the rest of his career. But it's not, you know, it's not unprecedented for a player to, to you know, turn over a new leaf around 26, 27 years old. And maybe that's what we're seeing from Jordan Clarkson. And, and we're also seeing, I think, on perhaps the most functional team that he's ever been on. Um, he was on the Lakers in those years where they were just dreadful, um, he, he was on Cleveland for, again, just a dreadful team here the last couple of years. Now he's a part of a, a good, strong system. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if it's sustainable. Is he going to go out and score like 20 to 25 points a game? Um, probably not. But I think the general sort of impact and efficiency that we're seeing, I, I think there's a very good chance that could be maintained. Is anybody good enough to beat the Lakers in the Western Conference Final? I think so. Um I think that the tiers for title contention right now are the Bucks are kind of by themselves. Um, they're they're absolutely a juggernaut. They just lost a game, but but Giannis wasn't playing. And on the season um, before the game, I haven't run the numbers since they lost last night, but they were actually about plus eight points per hundred possessions when Giannis was off the floor 
which is the equivalent of about the number two team in the league. Um, so they're clearly tier one. I think tier two is probably the Lakers and the Clippers. And I, I don't think the Nuggets, the Jazz, and the Rockets are that far behind um, the Lakers and the Clippers. Again, regular season record, the Lakers have a big advantage over the Jazz right now. I don't, I don't hate that matchup. Um, again, there's nobody that you can really match up with LeBron, but I think Gobert does a decent job against Anthony Davis. And then in terms of supporting cast, after the, the top two, three guys of each team, I, I think I'd take Utah on a landslide. Um, now, the thing is, depth and, and supporting cast has traditionally not been quite as important in the playoffs as, as it is in the regular season. And, uh, you know, I, don't, I think you'd have to be a little bit off your rocker to argue that Utah has a better top two than L.A. Um, but I think if you extend it to, you know, six, seven matchups deep, it, it starts to look fairly favorable for the Jazz. It's just that, again, um, in the playoffs, it's often about who has the best player, who has the best couple players. Um, we're we're going to have to have some kind of a special postseason from Donovan Mitchell. Boyan Bogdanovich will have to keep doing what he's doing. I, I think it would obviously help if Mike Conley could kind of come along for the ride. Um, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Utah beat them. I wouldn't be shocked if the Nuggets beat them either. I, I, they had a good game last night and the Lakers are now up 2-1 in that season series um, but Denver was without Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr. They're another team that I think can beat LA on the depth um, side of things same with the Clippers, uh, better depth than the Lakers so uh, I could have answered with LA, the Lakers is one of the surprises too because I thought their supporting cast was pretty bad and, and they outperformed what I thought but I, I don't think they're anything close to invincible Andy Bailey covers the NBA and Utah Jazz for Bleacher Report and Forbes.com. Uh, Mike Conley is a lightning rod. Some people love him. Some people think the team is much better without him. I think it's a work in progress. And to me, both the numbers and the eyeball tests say he is fitting in much better over the last five to ten games. The offense is flowing better. I think it looks better. His numbers have been good. We obviously need a bigger sample size, but it seems to me like it's clearly trending up. On the other hand, you know, sometimes I'm a total idiot. So what do you think? <laughs> No, I think you're right. I, I, I think work in progress is a good way to define uh, what this season has been for Mike Conley. And just in terms of raw numbers, there's no question that he's been better in this most recent stint. Um, now, he's missed the last couple games, but if you if you just look at the numbers he had in the 10 games uh, between this absence and the one before it, he's at 13.4 points, 46% from the field, 36% from three. Um, that's solid. The, the thing that's concerning um, – and I've had this concern basically since the start of the season. They're, they're just so small when Conley and Mitchell are on the floor together. Um, after the NBA remeasured everybody this season, uh, they now have two guys listed at 6-1 in their starting backcourt. And I think Donovan Mitchell can get away with it because he's, he's sort of a thick 6-1. He's got a great wingspan. I think his wingspan is something like 6-9, 6-10. He's obviously a great athlete. And so he can make up for that lack of three, four, five inches that he has against some shooting guards. Um, but they're, they're just going to face a lot of backcourts that are bigger than them, and I think that hurts them defensively. Um, over the course of the season, and, and Conley's numbers here are affected by the fact that Utah played a lot of bad teams when he was out for that extended, extended stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, but Utah's net points per 100 possessions is almost five points worse when Conley's on the floor over the course of the season. And they have beaten a few good teams with him out. I mean, they just beat the Rockets in the heat with Conley out. So I, I think it's too early to say this just didn't work. Um, it, like, like you said, I think it's probably a work in progress still. But I also think it's fair to have a little bit of concern um, just about the fit generally. 
Andy, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you again later this season. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Andy Bailey covers the NBA and the Utah Jazz for Bleacher Report and Forbes.com. So we didn't know when it would happen. You know when it happened, PK? Right now. Right about the time it always happens. Time to check in with Joe Ingles. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. (laughs) With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5-1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? We're doing well. You know, we've uh, we've thought uh, a lot and talked a lot about uh, your interview a week ago, and I was curious, you know, that at that point, you know, obviously there was a five-game losing streak, and now there's a four-game winning streak. But, like, at this... Everyone's it, losing their mind, right? Exactly, yes. yes absolutely. <laughs> the Jazz are very important. Are is everyone okay this morning? Yep. Yeah, everyone is. But I'm wondering... Uh, and we were kind of expecting this, that you would come on and be in pretty much the same mood you were in last week. I'm probably in a better mood because I've got seven days off. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, in terms of, of the basketball kind of side of things, um, I, I'm not going to say I expected or I knew that we would win four straight kind of thing with, obviously we're playing some good teams, but um, yeah, I mean, I, we weren't going to lose the rest of the games all year and um, we, were, we were playing good teams. We weren't playing... Our, our best basketball. We were playing against good teams, and like I said, we weren't going to win every game for the rest of the year. So I think it's um, you, you learn a lot when you lose games and when you lose five in a row, and um, everyone's freaking out. And um, like I said, we've we've always from even from like I said five six years ago when I first got here, we've really done a good job, and obviously that's on Quinn and management of just kind of staying the course the whole time. Even those first couple of years when we Obviously, talent-wise, we probably weren't as talented as other teams, but we, we worked and we worked and we worked, and we, we do the same thing now, win or lose. So, um, not today, because I've got all-star break, so I'm not working on anything for a couple of days, but once we get back into it, we'll, we'll be doing the same thing for the, the kind of last third of the year. So I was thinking, as DJ said, about your responses to uh, last week when you said, you know, I'm going to breakfast with my wife, everything's the same, blah, 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 I'm not stressing. I'm thinking, you know, you have to have that attitude because there's always a game tomorrow, so to speak, and so there's no point getting revved up. But then I'm also thinking, you know, with you, I want you to be blowing kisses. I want you to be trash-talking toward during games because that means you're playing well, and that's the whole objective is to have everybody play well and win games. So how are you able able then to have over here compartmentalize your life and then when it's time to go be totally all in to where nothing around you is mattering because you're so focused on the game and you can turn it on and be ready to go um i think you just uh, i think it takes time i think you learn how to um get that perspective of of basketball and like i've said a million times it's it's just a game and there's so much more 
not just going on in my life, but in in other basketball life and in general people's life. That um, I understand the kind of like entertainment side and the business side, and we want to win games, and fans pay a lot of money for us to win games, and we go out there like that. Obviously, every night we we practice the way we practice, and we watch film, we do all that extra stuff so that we can win games. But um, at the end of the day, it's a it's a basketball game, and um, I think I've I've always said for, since I had the kids, it was probably the first time of um, like kind of understanding that perspective of being able to go to basketball and, and put everything I've got into to getting better and, and preparing for for the next game. But once I leave the gym, the either the arena or practice I'm going home to my my wife and kids and that's um, like I'm not going home thinking about basketball I'm going home to put my time and effort into to them and um, obviously now even more once once we had Jacob's stuff last year it, it really kind of was even clearer to me that, that it's just a game and there's so much more going on in, in the world and um, like I said I, I I go there and I, I try and do my job to, to the best of my ability and obviously try and win basketball games because that's what we all want to do. Um, but but once that game and the siren sounds, it's, um, it's Renee and the kids. And, um, yeah, I've just, I think just through experiences and um, and over time, I've learned to, to really be able to split those two. And, um, yeah, I think it, it's, been, it's been really good for me. Are the technical fouls worth it? After the game, when you went back <laughs> last last night, if I knew I was going to get one, I would have said a bit more. But um, I think a part of it too is not not saying that I, I was trying to get it, but trying to make a point of like what, what was going on. And I, I thought they were I definitely on the field. My possessions were, were grabbing and holding me, and we were getting some some I thought some kind of fifty fifty calls down the other end. So just trying to kind of even it up a little, try and help us get some of them, and. Um, Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's um, just cost me the couple grand and I've got to keep it moving. Uh, Renee just hit me in the car because she doesn't like it when I get <laughs> Well, She's belted me in the shoulder. <laughs> the thing that I liked is you knew you already had one and I think at the end of the first half you thought about slapping the uh, <laughs> yeah. the cushion there, but then you held back and it was like you're running, the, ooh, I already got a tee. Last thing I, I can do is get I thrown out. The referee take me up um, at half time I said because it's the new half I get like it's all sets zero right like I can, I've got another one up my sleeve and he was like no 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 nope. I was like dude I was joking I, I know the rules oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no it's, uh, I, 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 I shouldn't get too many because they are expensive so now that you're at the All-Star break, it's a natural break in the season, and you got uh, 28 games or so to go. you got a third of the season left. Can you evaluate where the team's at and what your thoughts are on it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, we, I think we've been good. Uh, I think coming into the, the season, um, I, I think, I mean, not just our team. Obviously, we, we knew we were a good team with the guys we had. Um, but... I guess the outside kind of noise too. I think everyone thought we were just going to go like whatever, 50 and 0 all-star break or whatever and that's obviously not the case. It's a, it's a really good league. I think we've had some ups and downs. I think with the new guys, like I've always spoken about, it was going to take some time and I think we've we've had that. We've had some really good games. We've, we've had some really bad games. Um, but, I mean, since I've been here and obviously you guys know, I don't know exactly what our records have been every all-star but they haven't been great. Um, 
and we're in a really good spot. We're, I don't know what we are, third, fourth, fifth, um, in the West, right up there, kind of anywhere from could, could go second to six or seven, I think, how close it is. But um, we know we've got work to do. Um, we, we know we want to get our whole team out there together as much as possible, kind of this next, whatever it is, 30 games, and play as much together as we can and um, obviously kind of get, get ourselves rolling for, for when the playoffs come around. As you sit back now and look over a bigger chunk of time, are you surprised how easily and quickly Jordan Clarkson has fit in? Or maybe it's just it looked easy to us and you know a lot of hard work goes into that behind the scenes? Um, it's probably been easier. Um, he's probably had one of the better kind of transitions of anyone we've we've traded for mid-season. Um, I mean, I've never been in that situation but uh, I can imagine coming from and he'd been in Cleveland a, a couple of years now so you, you kind of get used to a system and a coach and a kind of organisation and then you, you get thrown in and um, we were actually talking about it the other day and he was so glad that he got traded um, whatever like 20 games ago instead of now because he's got that up his sleeve before so obviously a lot of guys have just been traded recently and um will get kind of 25 games with their team. Jordan's going to get, I don't know, 45, 50 at the end of it. So, um, yeah, he's been really good. He's a he's a great guy. Um, he, he's, he's actually, he's hilarious. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's fitted in really well. I think he's been, as, as kind of everyone's talked about, he's been that, that piece that, that we've needed. Um, come off the bench, he's aggressive. He... he you, can't, you, just, you know what you're getting with Jordan, um, and that's the greatest thing. He's, he's aggressive. He, he gets to the basket. He makes plays, and um, that's what we've needed him to do, and he's done a, a hell of a job. So you didn't go to college, so you might not understand it, but I'm going to relate it to an experience that you're going through. I can recall one, at least for myself, and I think a lot of college students, saying you count the days to spring break, and when it's here, you're so happy because you, you can just relax for a week. Is that the way you approach All-Star break? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited about All-Star break right now. Um, it's, uh, you never, you try not to think about it too much leading up to it. You do want to, you want to finish off the, especially our situation, losing four or five straight or whatever. You want to, you want to turn it around and win those last few games. And, um, obviously we were, we were able to do that, but now we go into the break and, uh, in a good frame of mind and guys can get rest and obviously we get to watch Donovan and Rudy um, which are obviously the whole everyone in Utah is extremely excited about um, to see them play and um, obviously for players we just get to, to be able to hang out with our families and I don't know a lot of guys are going away and doing their thing and, um, it is a great time to kind of refresh and come back in, in a few days time and start practicing and then like you said get ready for that kind of last third of the year and obviously finish that strong and then heading into the playoffs so when Quinn loses his voice how much do practice and games change and are there times you look at him and say I, I really have no idea what you just said yeah because usually his voice is loud enough to get across the court and he's pretty direct and um I hope he's not listening, but it's been it's been uh, a lot quieter around the around the practices and games. It's been funny. He's come into timeouts, and we've had to like sit so close to him because we literally can't hear. Especially um, the the back to back we had, he was he was really bad. So um, 
I know you guys probably heard a little bit in media and all that, but yeah, it was it was very uh, it was very different because we're obviously used to him being the leader and kind of controlling what we do. And um, it was funny to hear him struggle struggling to be able to communicate a little bit. So what you what are you getting your wife for Valentine's? What do you want for Valentine's Day? <laughs> she just wants to sleep in. Sleep we're in. We're too old to be like. <laughs> You're too old. Yeah, it's not really. Oh, come on, Joe. Well, it's not really. Uh, like, I, I, like, I'm going to write her a letter and say I love you. I don't know. I, mean, then, did, did, I thought like Australians I, were romantic. But shouldn't you just do that anyway? Or like every now and then or like whatever? Like, I don't need a special day to tell me to do that. No, but you got to do something different. That's maybe not uh, more special, but something different to show her your love on February 14th. Come on, Joe. Don't you have I'll any romanticism? Okay, cheesecake favorite. That's okay. <laughs> all right. I can. No, I can. We're gonna, no, we're going to chill. Actually, we're staying here for all stars, so we're just going to chill. And the kids are, Jacob's in therapy and stuff like that. So it's, um, it's going to be nice to, for us to be at our, at our home still and, um, take the kids. We just dropped Miller at school together this morning, which Miller was over the moon about. Um, and just be able to do stuff and do stuff together and hang out and, and then get in my own bed at the end of the day. It's, um, so we're going to enjoy it. Well, just reach over right now and hold her hand for me. Would you do that? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Just PK saying it kind of ruins it, doesn't it, Joe? I mean, even if you wanted to, a, now you don't. We're sitting in a Ford Raptor together in a parking lot waiting for you guys to leave me alone. All right. Well, we'll make it official. We will leave you alone. You have a good week. Maybe get her a box of chocolates or something. You can't go wrong with a box. Tell her we said hi. Yeah. Uh, the boys say hi. Hello. She said, hey, guys. <laughs> All right. Now it's really she time said, to leave you alone. I like it. All right, thank you, Jason. She's going to fill in for me one episode. That yeah, I, oh, that'd be great. We're yeah. totally. I still want that. you to bring her in the studio. We'll come in the studio one day. Okay, cool. Uh, deal. All right, so for Valentine's for Day, Valentine's Day present. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. For Valentine's Day, you get to hang out with the radio guys. <laughs> Worst Valentine's ever. All right, thank you, Joe. All right, thanks, guys. All right. DJ and PK, The Joe Ingles Show, once a week right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's just amazing to me, man. He's been in the league six years. This is crazy. <laughs> crazy story. Yeah. And he's been on all this time. It, 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 gosh, talk about something you never would have expected. When we look back, when we're done with this, hopefully years from now, it, it, this whole thing will rank right up there with some of the best stuff yeah. and most fun stuff. And he still comes on and he's still funny talking about technical fouls and yeah, almost technical fouls. His wife hitting him for <laughs> his wife foul. punching him in the shoulder. But you're right. I thought he was going to take a swing at the backboard and I thought or the stanchion mm-hmm. holding the yeah, support yeah, yeah. there because he's frustrated because he almost scored to the buzzer and he yeah, got yeah. It blocked and all that. And I thought. Uh, that's probably okay, but you already got a technical, well, so you can't you can't go with probably okay. You can't. I mean, right. Go Gobert glanced at a at a bio and they teed him up. Uh, I thought he said something. Oh, come <laughs> on, it was minimal though. I agree, and and the thing is that uh, it just on the previous dunk when he got dunked on, yeah, that was way I, longer of a stare. I I know. I either they're both T's or neither are. It didn't make any sense that one wasn't. Well, one they wasn't. always say they get the second guy. Yeah, yeah. And I did think he had some choice to say to him right there. Yeah, so what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five at twelve eighty. The zone.